Mwahaha. And I have with me one of my all-time favorite writers in the entire world and one of my favorite people in the entire world and someone I truly, truly love. He's my chosen dad, Matthew V. Clemens. Hi, Hi, Matt. Hi, baby. How are you? I'm great. I miss you. I this miss is great. you. I'm happy too. we get to do this. <laughs> I, mi- I miss you too, despite the fact that we play six games of Wars with Friends at once and, and text and are on Instagram Messenger all the time. We, we do uh, several things to stay in touch, yes. Yes, we do. Um, but right now, what we're going to do is we're going to help you stay in touch with all of your fans by asking you some questions about you and your life as a writer. Are you ready? I doubt it. I doubt <laughs> it. I don't know. But we'll try it. Okay. So, um, I'm an idiot. So, I was about 12 years old when um, this occurred to me. How old were you when you realized books were a thing that people actually made um, and that being a writer was a job? I don't know for sure when that happened. I can't remember there not being books. Right. My mother would sit me on the couch next to her and she would read to me when I was three or four. By the time I went to kindergarten, I could read because that was... My mom thought that was her job to teach me to read. That uh, was her job. She did a great she would, job. She would wait for us to go to bed, both my father and I, so that she could read for another three hours. That was that was her happy time from like nine till midnight. She would read and it turns out it was genetic. <laughs> and so, but she didn't read me like Clifford the Big Red Dog. She read me books. and taught me to read i never i didn't read children's books till i was an adult uh i might have come across green eggs and ham or something at a friend's house but we never had those books that i recall it was always like uh how and why wonder books and the landmark series which were both big books for older kids when i was i was probably five or six that was when i started thinking books are the coolest thing ever invented by man right and so that's been lifelong, but it wasn't, I don't know when it became clear to me that it was a job that people could do. I know I started doing it when I was nine. Yeah. Um, I had really bad penmanship. You still and, do. Yeah, but <laughs> I've learned to print. But when we were learning cursive in school, I had homework and I, one night I wrote what was in my head instead of copying out of a book. And it went really fast. And there was this moment, even in my nine-year-old brain, where I went, oh, shit. And you figured, that was when I figured out something was going on. That's amazing. I don't know how that happened. But just that that one moment was the the crystallization of, this is what I want to be when I grow up. So... Well, that's an even better answer than you could have just given me. I don't know, nine. Yeah, I, was nine, I, I figured it out. Yeah, but, but I, I never really thought of it as a job, even then. I not then, and certainly not till about three or four years ago. Well, if it makes you feel any better, my mother never thought it was a job, so that's why I became a statistician. Boom! That was it. It's Iowa. Nobody said nobody was a writer in Iowa. Don't they have a big writers thing in Iowa? The big writers program for. But when I was a kid, my parents weren't paying any attention to what was going on at the University of Iowa. 
And the Iowa Writers Workshop sort of really became the thing in the late 60s, by the time I was becoming a teenager, and uh, which was about, about the time Max Allen Collins went, my writing partner. Um, he was the first guy from Iowa that I knew got published. And that was how I found out, wow, even in Iowa, you could be a writer. Yeah. So that was where it started. Okay. So um, I know you're a big, tough guy, but I also know you're a big, tough guy who cries. So uh, what is the first book that you remember making you cry? I don't have any count. I, I, I read that question when you sent it to me earlier today, and I went, I don't know. Anything where the dog died. I mean, the, the easy answer is Old Yeller, but I don't have any recollection of reading the book. Um, I don't even really remember seeing the movie, but I cry at everything now. I know. It's like Visa commercials, and I'm, I'm like, I, gotta, I need a minute. I just need a minute. You're like, I got to be honest. Seeing the mail carrier today was really moving. I, you know, I, there's... It's, I can't tell you what's going to touch me, but when it does, I'm not afraid to let it go. So no, I uh, love that I, about you. I just, I cry at everything. And but that's, so, a, but that's amazing. That's, the, you know, isn't that the best thing about being a writer is that, or the best thing you can be as a writer is someone who feels really deeply. I have a lot of friends who get really annoyed by the fact that everything for me is like, a major life event. Yes. Oh, that's uh, it annoys it annoys my wife. It annoys my wife because she's like, I will scream and she's like, What's wrong? And it's like, I got two Kleenexes out of the box at the same time. <laughs> oh my gosh. What? What? If I never understood why you chose me, I now get it. I call it's, it a life lived in extremes. Yeah, you know, oh, I, I just the here, things that touch me are here. I cannot tell you, but there's there's no middle ground on any of it. It's it's the Kristen Bell sloth scale. Yeah, you're okay between between like three and seven, but anything lower than three or higher than seven, you're crying. Yeah, pretty much, and it's actually more like four and six. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, I'm like between five twenty five and yeah. 5 see, that's that's to that, but if I get to like five point three. It's yeah. a little one. It was just a little one. And it's like, oh, dude. no, I'm crying right now. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I'm not, but I anticipate it soon. <laughs> okay. So, um, what's your um, favorite underappreciated novel? I hate this question. I know you do. That's why there's, I made you like do it. There's like 17 of them. I have one okay. for every author. I, I had. I had an answer, and then I had another answer, and then I had a third answer. And then I started thinking about it, which is really bad. So there were a lot of answers because it was – I really love The Martian by Andy Weir, which yes. got a lot more acclaim as a, a movie than it did as a book. Don't they always? But it was a book that grabbed me with the very first sentence. Uh, the first sentence of The Martian is, I'm fucked. <laughs> and if you don't read the second sentence of that book, I don't know what you're going to do. I mean, I had to, and it just kept going from there. Um, the proper answer is Mother Night. I love Kurt Vonnegut, as do a lot of writers I know, but 
most of them will say their favorite book is Slaughterhouse. And mine is Mother Night because it was the book, I think, where Kurt learned how to write Slaughterhouse Five. I think that was his. Max and I talk about this with what we do. We've written several different series, and I've always thought the first book was us learning how to write those books. And that the books have gotten progressively better in each series after that, as we have figured out what we didn't know going in. You always think you know, but you don't. But isn't that just the, isn't that just the same thing for a series that Julie Heisey says about a book? Where you're just telling yourself the story when you write a first draft? Yeah, so you, in, you, you are, book, but I'm all, it's, not, it's not just telling myself the story. It's telling myself how to tell the story right? better. The first time I'm telling the story, the first, the first book is us introducing people to these characters and saying, okay, we think there's probably more to say here, and there will be another book. The second book is inevitably better because I've learned how to tell the story better. The first draft is still the first draft, and Heisey's right. It's me telling myself the story, um, but it is it, it is me having a better idea of how to frame that story going in, and that's what happens with, with each successive book in a series. Because you think you know the characters better, or because you think in the first book they've helped you, be, they've told you how to tell their story? Yeah, I think that's it. I think it's the second one. The characters have learned how to communicate with me in a way that have allowed me to make it an easier effort for me. Yeah. Their stories are still their stories and they're still, their lives are still a mess. But it is still, they have made it, the lines of communication are easier to understand. They trust the, you more. But it's also a case of I've learned the technical part of how to do it with more ease. It's still hard. It's always hard. You know that. (laughs) It's never easy. It's never been easy. It will never be easy. It's not one of those things where the more you do it, the easier it gets. It's actually the opposite of that. Yeah. Um, All right. So even though you hated that question, do you hate any more of the questions I sent you? Because we can just... No, that was the the one where I went, wow, I I have too many answers. Okay. So here's a question that I think is really important. Um, and it's something that you and I have talked about at length, but I, I love, I love, I love your thoughts on it. So I wanted you to share it with everybody else. What does success as a writer look like for you? Like what is literary success? Cause everybody has a different view on it, but I know your view is very specific. And for me, it's it's right now, it's writing the last chapter of this book. That will be literary success. I just want to get through this one alive. Uh, this will be the fifth book that I've worked real hard on since the pandemic started. And that's more work than I want to do at my age. <laughs> uh, but we, we lucked into a situation where we found a publisher who really likes us, so we're trying to make them happy. And so uh, I'm finishing the third John Sand novel in the next two days. My deadline's actually Friday. Uh, So that's literary success now. Otherwise, I just want to be able to tell stories and not have people bother me. And it would be nice if I could eat. I kind of like that. 
Um, but I, I don't want to be rich and famous. I'm 65. I don't need that. I just, just need to be able to do what I want to do and have the freedom to do it. And that includes teaching. Yeah. Um, well, darn, um, because now I, I, I can go either way with one of these questions. So I'm actually going to go, um, in the order that I sent you. So, um, freedom to do whatever you want, no rules, no money concerns, no locational concerns. You have everything that you could possibly need to do this. What is your dream writing project? I've thought about this because I'm, I'm not sure because everything I'm doing now is time travel. Uh, everything I'm doing is, is historical in some sense. So I need the ability to go back and see things the way they were. Uh, I'm currently with John Sand, Max and I are writing in the 60s. Um, things have changed on the planet. So having Google... <clears throat> pardon me having google maps only helps so much right um some things were not there in 1963 i'm going to write a western after this that's 1870 if i had all the money in the world time travel <laughs> oh, perfect. Pardon me. so that's um that leads me to the question of, do you like writing contemporary better or history better? Or right now, history. Uh, we did Reader and Rogers in the future, a few years. So I haven't written contemporary in years. It's just not my thing. I don't know. It's either forward or backward with me all the time. Uh, right now, I like historical. Yeah, it's fun because because being able to look back on a period, especially a period that you lived in, and looking back on it with different eyes than the ones you've had when you yeah. were going through it. Yeah, like, I was like, I was a child during most of what's going on in these books now. Yeah, but it also reflects on today, and it gives us a chance to talk about today through a different lens. Yes, yes, it does. That became a very interesting component of our global discussion um, oh, with, with the pandemic and talking about the 1918 Spanish flu yeah. epidemic. Um, that became a real interesting thing of, you know, what, have, what, what did we learn? And why well, didn't we learn what we didn't learn? Yeah, the attitudes are way different than what they were then, having read back on that. Yeah. And so it's... Uh, it's an interesting world we live in, and I don't think that's necessarily a good thing. May you live in interesting <laughs> times is a curse for a reason. Yep, exactly that. So you mentioned teaching, and that is yeah. something that that is something that you are very passionate about. Um, that is how we became us. Yeah, um, pretty much. I, and I know people see us banter um, online. Um, but privately, we are um, partners in crime and chosen family. Um, and I did not discover until, oh, God, a couple of years, maybe 18 months into working with you, that I was not just another mentee. I mean, I knew how I felt about you at that point. But I thought, okay, well, if you need to cut me loose and, and, and work with somebody else, 
you know, I, I, I just want to give you permission to do that. And you kind of, you laughed at me and you said, I'm already three people past at this point. I, I I'm don't never need permission. Who knew? I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm never going away. You're stuck with me forever. And I went, yeah, oh, but that was the plan. Um, pardon me. No. I have throat issues. Yeah, I just have, uh, happens when you talk. 18 or 15 months of not talking to people. I know. I uh, like teaching because people taught me. Yeah. I had writers who helped me. Yes. And so the job was to pass it on. And now that's that's what I tell people when I help them. You've got to pass it on. Yeah. And that's how you keep this going. And that's my only real concern at this point is to make sure that people know how to keep doing this well. Um, I've pretty much done what I'm going to do. I'll write more books, but I've done the important stuff. So we'll see. Well, uh, most don't hide like, your light under a bushel. You're an amazing teacher. Frustrating. But amazing. <sighs> Well, part of it is is I, I can tell you what works for me. I can't teach you how to write. I can't teach anybody how to write. Right. But I can tell you what works for me and guide you as you find out what works for you. Because we're all different. <coughs> That's true. So you have to figure it out. Yeah. That was the part you didn't like. That was no. <laughs> Does anybody like that part, though? Some people do, but and I didn't. I could tell you, but it doesn't stick. No, it and doesn't. you have to figure it out, and you have to fight the fight yourself. Yeah, and that's how you learn how to do it. Yes. Um, I don't know how I knew that, but I I, I knew when I went to my first conference, just because I could read a book, didn't mean I could write it. Oh God, no. Whew. That, that was the hardest first lesson to learn. <coughs> you can write every book in the world, but <clears throat> writing one is a whole different... It is. Sorry. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Evidently, I have not spoken for a half hour in like 15 months. <laughs> We're that not going to do a half an hour yet, honey. That's a, it's been 20 minutes. <laughs> really? Yeah. Feels like four days because I don't talk. <laughs> um, yeah, I yell at Tom Hanks on a desert island going. <laughs> <laughs> he at least talked about volleyball. <sighs> yeah, I haven't been doing that. You should. The error in my voice is coming home now to roost. So yeah. I see that. So, but it is you, one of those things that after after having people taught who taught me and helped me, I felt the need to help you and other people. And that's why I go to Midwest Writers Workshop every year and try to help those people. But that first lesson about just because you can read doesn't mean you can write is a really hard lesson for people to learn. And a lot of them never get it. Yeah. Plus, you learned what I learned. Don't quit. Perseverance will always trump talent. I quit all the time. Yeah. I quit every day at five o'clock. 
<laughs> I wish. I wish I could. <laughs> so how do you choose? You know, you reached out to me. We met through Jesse Lowry. God love her. Um, I have so many you, wonderful you things in my life. To me. Thanks to her. Um, but how did you, you know? How you reached out to me. You just didn't know you were doing it. But how? <laughs> you talked about writing. I did. You didn't. You were not a writer. You said. <clears throat> but a lot of what we talked about, you talked about writing. And I knew you had the same problem that I have. You have this compulsion that you have to do this thing. Yeah. You just didn't know how to start. I didn't. No. <laughs> okay. Well, that was where I came in. I taught you how to start. That was my only job, really. The rest of it, you did. Um. You talk about me teaching you how to do this, but honest to God, Amy, I love you, but the truth is 99% of what you learned how to do, you learned yourself without me. I was basically, I had pom-poms and stood on a sideline <laughs> and said, you go, girl, and you did. And you got a job, and you got books out, and they're good, and we need to talk about those. Yeah. We, um, I, I think, I think you're underselling yourself. I think one of the most important things, and that's why I like to call you my mentor and not necessarily, you know, just, just. Well, plus dad, dad sounds weird to people. It does. People are like, how does your father only 15 years older than you and live? Yeah, that's, that's, that's just not right. But we, we've come up with chosen, but I yeah. think that works. And I think in this world and day and age, people get that. But I think what you did more than anything was you gave me permission. Yeah, you always had permission. You didn't need me to give it to you. But you need <laughs> I needed permission to trust myself. Because I you didn't trust myself. That. I learned to do that because you made it safe. You and made you, it okay. Well, all you had to do was not suck. And you did. You you didn't suck at all. It did. <laughs> That, but that's the part that people don't get. You All you have to do is not suck. Take you know, the time. Learn to do it right. Work I hard. Think, yeah. Dig deep. Yeah. I mean, that's Dig that's deep. what it is. That's that's the job. Um, I talked to John Gilstrap once about the phrase, about the word storyteller. Yeah. Because that's how we get labeled a lot. And the very first thing as a storyteller that you do when you're teaching a class is say to the entire room, show, don't tell. And yet we're mislabeled because people say we're storytellers. That's not my job. No. My job is to have the characters show you their story and then I'm hoping to stay the hell out of the way. My the perfect goal for me. You asked me what my perfect project would be. I want to write a book where I'm utterly invisible. I want you to only see the characters and only see their story. And it's hard to do because your ego gets in the way, and you want to write cute, or you want to show somebody how smart you are and sh and use big words or great sentences. Yeah. And all I want to do is be invisible. And let these characters 
have center stage. That's my perfect job. Right. That's that's a pretty good answer. Yeah, but it's a really hard thing to do. I've never done it yet. Mm. Um, um, I'll keep trying though. Oh, yeah. That's the the one thing that's gotten me through thirty years. <clears throat> Tomorrow's the day. Maybe uh, tomorrow. No, uh, but we're we're really close. It was the tenth of April, nineteen ninety two, that I quit my day job. Uh, we're getting close. Yeah, Saturday. The thing that got me through all of that was that while people who were better writers than me and more talented went back to selling shoes or working at Walmart or whatever they do, I never quit. I mean, that's that's the gift of my career. I'm too stubborn to quit. Um, you can't make me go home. That that's how I got through all of this. You just you can't make me go home. I won't stop doing this. So And that's that, the thing. That's my best advice. And that's what you learn. Don't quit. But yeah, you can get you can you can publish books, you can not publish books, somebody can never ever buy your books, but they can't make you stop writing. That's it. The the only person that can make you quit, whether it's writing or playing baseball or whatever you're doing for for a living, the only person that can make you quit is you. Yep. Everybody else is just they're just hot air giving you shit and you can walk away from it. Yep. I've turned it all off. I don't read the reviews anymore. Not the good ones, not the bad ones, not the in-between ones. Um, Max will occasionally tell me about one. But I haven't read a review for about 10 years now. I just, unless somebody has something to say that is constructive to what I'm doing and can help me, I don't really want to know. And the good ones, if you're going to believe the good ones, you have to believe the bad ones. Right. So, <clears throat> as a guy who has been labeled DNC propaganda for his political thrillers, <laughs> um, I love that one. That was one of my favorites, actually. Max pointed that out to me. I actually did go read that one. That one was um, great. Unhinged, but great. Yeah, but uh, you know, well, in the in the new book, um, can I show a book? Yes, please. These came in the mail today. Ah. I finally got my author's copy of the second John Sand book. Uh, in a review of that particular book, uh, the end is very specifically an homage to the most dangerous game. And somebody in the review asked, wow, I wonder if they know they're doing the most dangerous game. <laughs> and if you look at the third section of the novel, it is label, labeled a most dangerous game. So, yeah, we sort of were. We we were aware of what we were doing. We put a whole page in the book with the words on it. And yet, he didn't see it. So, I don't know. Reviews are reviews. People are going to say what they're going to say. I just know that people seem to like our books. And that's enough to keep me going. Plus, every now and then I get a meal. Well. You know, we haven't starved to death yet in 30 years either. That's kind of a plus. Yeah, neither have I, but to be fair, my husband does more of the having. Oh, I, I married so well, but just <laughs> right? the same. Uh, yeah, I would be in a soup line otherwise, but still, the fact that she likes me enough to let me stay and she feeds me, that's pretty cool. 
even though you're just like on outer limits of the emotional spectrum. Yeah, all the time. For everything, for every single thing that happens, I have a non-appropriate response. Um, the cat's the cat's hungry, and I'm screaming and running around in circles like, oh my God, he's going to die. Or I could feed him. That was an option, too. You know, and so that's, yeah. I, I don't know why she puts up with me. I spend a lot of time in a room by myself. I think that helps. <laughs> I mean, I, it gives her a certain amount of quiet time where she doesn't have me screaming at stuff. She's so. just like magazine flipping through. Oh, Matt's oh, he, screaming about something. He must be done for the day. Yeah, oh, that's always a sign. It's, I mean, it's either that or I'm running out of my office going, "What's that thing in the wall where you put your coat?" Because I can't remember the word. And she'll say the the closet. Thanks. Got to go. Back to writing my chapter. Yeah. And that happens with more and more frequency as I age. Um, the words are starting to disappear, but that's, my doctor says it's normal. I don't know. Um, but it, it's, that's, that's what she sees me the most now. What's the word for fill in the blank? Um, I, I do that all the time, too. Um, oh, good. I feel better. There's something very specific called pregnancy brain that you get, and it was right after I'd given birth, and you still have it for a while because of the hormones. And I was talking to my mother-in-law, and I was telling her something that somebody had said or done, and I'm like, the man with the mustache. And she goes, your husband? And I'm like, yes, him. What's his he's, name again? He's got a name. What's I don't know what it is, but I'm, I'm sure he has one. Everybody else does. What? Yeah. What's his name again? I haven't done that one yet. I'm hoping to not do it today. Uh, secretly, I, I have written her name on the palm of my hand. <laughs> That's not a secret anymore, love. She's not watching this. She can't. It's recorded. They're going to post it later. Yeah, but she won't watch this. It's me. She's heard me before. <laughs> so, you know, I just, I, I just... You jot little notes on your hand just so you'll have them. One of them happens to be my wife's name. Yeah, I don't want to forget. That That's an important thing to not forget. Let's just be yeah. clear. Yeah. So it's one of those one of those things that, that needs to be out there. And so I, I pay attention. What else do we need to talk about? I ran through my questions. We're just riffing now. Well, let's talk about what doesn't kill you? No, what doesn't... No, it is what doesn't kill you. What doesn't kill you? Yours is had, what doesn't kill her. Yeah, they're, they're, they're too close. They're just too close. I know. Close. And it's, it's, the funny thing is, that's one of... That's that's like my favorite book you guys, you, you've written. I really wanted to do a sequel. I really, really did. That's the only one... I think that's the only book that we've not turned into a series. And we had a sequel outlined... And nobody has said, wow, we'll give you a lot of money if we'll, we can publish this. It's an amazing story. I love it. I love that book, but I just, and we have what I think is a dynamite sequel, but I have yet to have a publisher go, wow, we can't wait. So uh, there's, there's this John Sand that I'm finishing now. I have a publisher interested in a series of Westerns that, I'm sort of interested in writing because I, I started it years, 
three years ago. And then all of a sudden I ran into a place where writing became a work, became yeah. a job. And I never wanted a day job again. So I stopped writing. My my vacation lasted through my wife's torn Achilles tendon and about a year and a half of her recovery. And then about six months after that, too. Yeah. Uh, Max signed a contract with Wolfpack Publishing and they wanted to put out um, an anthology of our short stories. Uh, became a book called Myrtleized. Yep. And in gathering the material for that, I stumbled across what was five chapters of the first John Sand book. And in rereading an, a, a book we started 20 years ago for a different publisher with entirely different intentions, I, I read that and I told Max, I said, this doesn't suck. We have something. And so we pitched this 1960s what if James Bond got married and stayed married? What would their world be like? And somebody said, wow, we'd like to publish that. It's a great book. It's a great series. Thank I you. love it. We're having a ball. This is the most fun I've had writing since I started. Uh, it's a playground that I've always wanted to play on. I like all the gym equipment. It's different than the stuff I've been playing with the last few years. And it's a lot of fun. Plus, I get to hang out with the Rat Pack and uh, John Wayne in book two. And we have a new special guest in this book that I'm working on. So it's an interesting, it was an interesting time to be alive as a child. Uh, it's an even more interesting time to explore as an adult. Yeah. So you were, you were not even around. No, I wasn't. It's all, it's all <laughs> history for you. You're far too young. Well, everything's history for me, even though I'm far too young. Well, you're way, way younger than I am. I'm, it's I'm 15 years younger than you. No. Yes. That's not even possible. It's got to be at least 30. Go with me on this. this. Feel good about yourself for a while. I turned 50 this year. See my wife streak? You want to know the really weird thing? My wife yeah, that's nice. See, I... That looks intentional. It's not, I swear to God. I have, uh, what's today? Today's the 7th of April. So I have about 60 days before I go on Medicare. I'm not prepared for that. I got AARP cards. Well, I've had that for 15 years. Thank you very much. Oh, my God. And it shows up. It shows up on your 49th birthday. I mean, not even like the day after. Well, it's like <clears throat> countdown TikTok. On my 49th birthday, that was the only mail I received. And I'm like, really? Is this is this the beginning of death? Is this what this is like? So it, I've gotten over that part, but Medicare has kind of thrown me for a loop. It's like I never expected to be here. I also didn't expect to expect to be working harder now than I ever did when I was younger. Yeah, but um, making it, stories is harder than making stools. Yeah, but this is also more fun, and I'm I'm just in a place where working has suddenly become a really fun thing to do again. Plus, you get to meet amazing people. I'm talking about me. I met you a while back. I know. I'm just saying. I'm not, but I'm not getting to meet anybody now. Now, now this this is okay. First, I'm an only child, so my 
getting sent to my room for discipline was like a reward. <laughs> oh, that's where my invisible friends live. Go ahead, send me send me to my room. I love it. So ever since then, this has been exactly what I wanted to do. I spend all day in a room by myself with my invisible friends. And so the pandemic has sort of become what I've trained for my whole life. This is this is perfect. I'm not expected to go out in the world. I'm not expected to interact with people. If I do, it's in a situation like this where it's a finite amount of time and it's like, oh, good, look, I got to go home now. And then everything else is I sit in my room and I play with my invisible friends and I really like the people I'm playing with now. So and you are, too, I hope, because you're in a really good place with what you're working on. Yeah, I am. Thanks that's, to you. That's a special voice. That's not like anything you've done before. No. So don't lose that part. That's the important part. Trying not to. It, it, it was it was a hard time getting here because like you, I had that moment where I was like, mm, I don't think I want to do this. This this didn't this didn't go the way I wanted no, it you to go. You weren't supposed to get kicked in the gut. I wasn't supposed to get kicked in the gut. Um, and in the in the process of getting kicked in the gut, um, for those of you who aren't aware of what's going on, um, I thank you, John. He says we're both awesome. Um, John's um, a lunatic. You can't believe everything he says. You're awesome. He told me I'm he told me I'm beautiful and awesome. Shush. He's right. I lost my publishing contract because the publisher decided to fold their imprint, their mystery imprint. So I was two books in. Um, not only was I two books in, my dog died. <laughs> my like no, no, no. actual no, dog no, no. died. Don't say my dog died. This was like your soulmate died. She was my soulmate. She died. Um, I, I wrote the entire second book with her lying on the bed next to me. I put a dog in the book because of her. The dog doesn't get hurt in the third book. In the second book, or the third book, which or any book, no dogs get hurt. The dog never gets hurt in any books. None of the dogs die in any of the books, um, and it was hard. And then, and I just didn't want to do it anymore. It wasn't. It wasn't fun. It wasn't fulfilling. It wasn't. It was just. Yep. This 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 millstone around my neck. It was and, work, and it was work, and it was and it was hard, and it was painful work. And not in the way that it, it I, I worked hard when I had a day job before, but all of a sudden I started hearing this voice in my head and it was this little girl. And she's like, I have a story I need to tell you. And I'm like, nope, shut up. Don't want to listen to you. <laughs> go away. And I would lay down to go to sleep at night. And she would whisper in my ear. It's a really good story. You're going to want to hear it. Finally, I gave in and she started to tell me the story and it's a really good story and I did want to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think this has got a, a chance to be something really special having read, what, 47 words? <laughs> 1,700. Okay. Just checking. I know I knew it was some, but but it already it has evolved to the point where it is, it doesn't sound like anything else you've done. No. Uh, all, which all, is really all, cool because it's hard. That's hard to do. All, all three things that I've done, all four or five things that I've done. <laughs> what? Still, still, it's your body of work. 
and it's a body of work that was published by professional people who paid you money. They did. Um, so and, it, then they, and then they decided that they didn't want to do it anymore. They're like, yeah, well, it wasn't your fault that they they crashed and burned. Um, they took a lot of good people with them too. It, they did. Um, Luckily, many of us have have emerged like phoenixes from the ashes. Um, all the people I know are working again. Yeah. Uh, that worked at that particular place. Uh, but I didn't know everybody that worked there either, so I don't know. No. But my friend, my friends have all come out better off. Yeah. I guess we'll see. Well, could be better I guess we'll off. See. Somebody Obviously. wants that. You just need to finish it. Uh, it's what? It's Wednesday at 440, so, you know. Say, what? by the end of the month. <sighs> Oh, sure. I don't have anything else going on. Absolutely. That's a great idea. Yeah. Okay. I'll maybe just, not, I'll just, maybe not you know the what? end of this month. Maybe the end of some month. Yeah. That's doable. All right. So we want to let Roman go um, because he's been a sweetheart. And even though we were only supposed to be on for 30 minutes, he was like, just keep going for as long as you want. Really? Because, Roman, we haven't seen each other for a while and we may never go home. <laughs> <laughs> even though we're already both home. That's a good point. But I do have a book to write. True. And I, write, and I have a chapter to write. And I write in the evening. But I want to I wanna shut this down because I know I'll, I'll be talking to you again in like 15 minutes. I'll be texting you. There will um, be that. Um, what is your best piece of writing advice? Don't quit. Besides sure. that one. That's the best piece of advice I've ever gotten, and it's one the best one I've ever g- given. It's you're gonna want to quit. Don't. Um, don't. I don't know what the other what, what other advice there is to give. The thing that that I've been talking to Max about lately. One of the things that changed how I do things, uh, especially writing historicals. Now that we're dealing with a lot of factual stuff. Uh, I'm going to give another shout out to Julie Heisey, who said when she's doing research and stuff, no matter what story wins. Yeah. I had never, I had never consolidated it like that. So when she said that to me and it was like a bell went off and it's like, okay, I get that. No matter what it is, story wins. And so I, I have found the things I can bend and not bend in in history to my whim and uh it turns out a surprising number of things are bendable yeah you just have to be willing to put in the work to do it right so work work hard and don't quit that's always my advice i want to give another shout out uh gary hi um i'm in virginia matt is in iowa thank you for joining us from maine wow yeah um Okay, so my best piece of advice, I love this piece of advice. It's very funny. I like to end on a, on a, on a funny note. Um, years and years and years ago, the very first panel I moderated was with a lovely woman who um, unfortunately has passed. Her name, um, her writing name was Robin Hathaway. And um, I asked this question on this panel, and it's, what's the best piece of advice you have? And she was this tiny little bird-like woman. She just looked so fragile and so frail. And But she was, you know, she just was teeny, teeny, tiny. And she leaned forward to the microphone and said, 
17 people is too many to kill in the first chapter. And the entire room, there was a, it was a ballroom full of people. 200 people dead silent. And then everybody burst out laughing. And it was probably the best, like, laugh moment I've, I've heard on a panel. And I've, I've been on some very funny yeah, panels. with a lot of people. Yeah, with a lot of really great, really funny, really talented people. But that one moment, that one moment I'm is... I'm still wondering if there's a way to do it. Is the es- but it's the, it was the essence of comedy. The, the timing and the unexpectedness coming from her, this teeny tiny little woman who just did not look like she could have harmed a fly. 17 is a lot, but... Too many to kill in the first chapter. I'm, now, see, now this is going to be what's going to bother me all night is can I kill 17 people in the first chapter? Do Without I know using you? a plane crash because that feels like cheating. It does feel like cheating. Like you can't do a mass. Yeah, it's just, she like, may like, be right. This like might the be the triangle shirtwaist. Right. right. Like the triangle shirtwaist factory. That's, that doesn't feel right. That feels like cheating. It's cheating. So, yeah. We got to have okay. somebody who's just like going through. And I'm trying to think. I think my worst first chapter, I killed one. Yeah. I really feel like I'm not trying. 17 I gotta get up to like 16. 16. If 16 is okay, because 17 is too many. I bet you can't do 16. See, and that's just it. I feel like I'm wasting, I'm wasting perfectly good murders that are not being carried out. I bet you can't do 16. <sighs> I can't do 16 in the ch- well, I can do 16 in the chapter I'm in because I'm at the other end of the book. And like but every James a- Bond book, there's going to be a bunch of... There's, uh, there will be some gunfire in the last chapter of the book. I would bet money on it. But 17 people is too many to kill in the first, first chapter. We'll talk about that again when I write John Sand book four. All right. That, that might be a little ways off, but we'll see. All right. Well, thank you, everybody who's joined us. I hope there's more people who've joined us than than just the three people I see in the comments. Um, cool. You're seeing comments. I, I'm not even seeing those. So, um, but yeah, three is better is, than I thought. Yeah, this is uh, this has been a blast. I have missed you desperately. I missed you too. I can't wait until we can go to another conference. Con. Oh, hi, Dana. Dana King. Just popped Hello. in. Um, Thank you. Uh, BoucherCon Minneapolis. I would bet money on it. I, I don't think I can avoid that one. Yeah. Um, I think this year's might be a little too early for me. We we talked about it. We actually had hotel reservations for New Orleans and had not booked the conference yet. And somebody in the medical field said something about yeah, you can travel, but and that was when that was when the boss said, "I'm not going," and if I'm not going, you're not going. And I went, "That's absolutely true." Okay, yeah, so, Minneapolis. We've got I, to. Yeah, uh, we're planning on making reservations the first day. Perfect. Uh, but that's all family up there too, so we have to go. So we'll see yeah. you in Minneapolis, if not before. Yes. Right. Can I go? Can I come see you and research Washington in 1964? Uh, you can't come see me in 1964 because I didn't exist in 1964. No, but that's see that's the tricky part. That's how it, it's harder to do research <laughs> when you 
don't know what's been built in an area you've never visited before. Uh, but yeah, come on down. We'll see. When we and get over. to that book, we'll see. These have been global adventures, but I keep writing about places I've never been and probably I'm never going to. Uh, I'd like to write about somewhere where I've been before. We'll see. Anyway, I see a room with your name thank on you it. everybody for letting us talk. <laughs>